Hola, 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 mi amigos. I am Cristiano Alnodo, and welcome to the Cristiano Alnodo Traveler Podcast. Oh, it's time for episode 27. 27 podcasts, huh? That feels like too many podcasts for a man with such dry chat. But if you guys keep listening, I'll keep podcasting. Up until episode 30, that is, which will be my final six-minute documentation of my travels. After that, I shall disappear into the ether forever, never to be heard of again. Quick shout-out to Hannah Matthews. She's been travelling with myself and others since we met her at... And a few days ago, she got bit by a stray dog, so I'm wishing her a speedy recovery. She claims she doesn't have rabies, but the constant stream of foam coming from her mouth begs to differ. It's okay, folks. I can say that because I know for a fact that she doesn't listen to this podcast. Anyway, this week's episode concerns some minor goings-on in Argentina and Chile. As you may remember from last week's episode, I pretty much declared Uruguay to be the best country of all time ever in the history of the world. So as we crossed the Grand Rio de la Plata River, I had big expectations for Argentina, and as we arrived, a busker singing opera hit the mark from the get-go. Although he could do with a nice drum and bass beat though. Ah, much better. At 3 million people, Buenos Aires is about the size of Uruguay. It reminded me very much so of Paris. The bustling streets, the colonial architecture, the bars and bistros serving late into the night. We went for breakfast at Café Tortoni one morning, and we could have easily been round the corner from the Sacré Coeur. Such was the Francophile feel. I even said, Merci beaucoup, Monsieur, when I was served. Another highlight of our stay in BA being the brightly coloured La Boca district. Music pours from every avenue, tango here, accordion players there, and food vendors stroll up and down the place continuously. Whilst I sat there in La Boca eating some churros, a few miles north of me, a million people descended upon the Plaza de Mayo in protest of teachers' wages. Yes, demonstrations are a daily occurrence in Buenos Aires, and political unrest is common, reaching a peak back in 2001, when the country extraordinarily had five presidents in one week, after the value of the Argentinian peso started tanking. Sadly, this was also our time to say goodbye to Seb, all-round great guide and fan of my travel postcard. Hey, this is Seba from Argentina. Are you listening to the Chris Arnold Travel Postcard? But before we parted ways, we had a couple of nights of pure hedonism in front of us to enjoy. First up, the brilliant weekly drum show known as Bomba Latiempo, a masterful display of talent with special guests appearing throughout. Afterwards, we joined the street parade, which led us all the way to popular nightclub Severino's. There I drank Fernet and Cola, a tipple very much enjoyed by the Argentinians, and practically only them. Everyone else seems to hate it, most stating that it tastes like mouthwash. To be honest, it kind of does taste like mouthwash, but after five drinks or so, it starts to taste real good. The next night, our final night with Seb, we chose a more dignified way to enjoy our time in BA, a tango show at Café de Los Angelitos. We sat down, had some tasty dinner, and waited for the show to start. I'd expected a couple of dancers with a backing track, but what happened next blew my mind. Excuse the clickbait headline. We were treated to a full band complete with piano, accordion, double bass, violin, and a whole revolving cast of fantastic dancers and singers. I watched them mouth agape. These guys are so good at dancing, I thought to myself. They excel at dancing. I wish I could excel at travel podcasting like they excel at dancing. Alas... That will never happen. 
Up next, we flew to Salta, up in the northwest of Argentina. A completely different vibe to Buenos Aires, however, they also had a demonstration cracking off in the main square, although it could have also been a parade. Salta's name has nothing to do with salt. It instead stems from the Aymaran term for beautiful place, Aymaran being a language spoken by the indigenous people before the Spaniards arrived and used the town for a trade route. Tobacco, cocoa leaves, tropical fruit and other such delights would be sent up to Panama, through the Caribbean Sea and back to Spain. Top tips for Salta if you ever end up going, head to the nunnery and peek through the keyhole. A nun will frighten the life out of you by shouting, Buenos tardes! Also, the Salta Negra beer is a right treat. Before spending the rest of our time on this trip in Bolivia and Peru, we headed to the northerly part of Chile for a few days, staying in the mountain town of San Pedro de Atacama. From San Pedro, you can head out and visit El Valle de la Luna, aka Moon Valley, a great big stone and sand area carved by wind and water. If you believe the moon landings were faked, this is almost definitely where they faked them. I also headed out to the ominously named El Valle de la Muerte, aka Death Valley, to try out sandboarding, the ultimate cross between snowboarding and sand. I very much enjoyed gliding down the sand dunes, and I very much enjoyed the music being pumped out of a nearby van. Could do with a drum and bass beat though. Uh, oh, hold on, as you were. Mucho, mucho thanks for listening to episode 27 of the Chris Arnold Travel Podcast, folks. My final three episodes are going to be all about Bolivia and Peru. And after that, as promised, it's ether time for yours truly. All music by Bison. Cheers once more to Seb for the good times. You all take care now. Bye-bye.